All right. Good evening, everybody. This is the Jimmy Palumbo Show, and I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo. We have Chris Gucci behind the glass, of course, and this is show number 17. That's right, show number 17. Now, this show number is very interesting to both of us, I think, because, first of all, I could have went with a few guys. Um, I was going to go with Plaxico Burris. I thought about that. I thought about maybe Doug Williams, you know, NFL guy. And then I thought about Oscar Gamble, the big O, streakiest hitter ever. And uh, for my father, of course, I got to go with Enos Slaughter. He was a huge Enos Slaughter fan. For my brother, he wanted me to go with Ricky Lede. Um And there's a bunch of other guys. I mean, Billy Kilmer, who threw the ball lousy, but it always got there. Of course, there's Keith Hernandez and... If you're older people out there, Felipe Alou and Dandy Don Meredith, Chris Mullen, Phil Rivers, there's so many good. Of course, Havelcheck would be the ultimate older, respectful basketball player. But I, this week, I'm going to go with number 17, Aaron Boone. It's nauseating. That's nauseating. I know. Now tell me, Chris, who is your guy? I was going to go, obviously, I can't wait for football season. So I'm going with Devontae Adams. I okay. Get the Packers okay. I, I have him down. I figured you were going to mention Devontae Adams because he was like number two. But you bring up that. Aaron Boone. I think we're in lockstep that we got to talk about Aaron Boone right now. So, it's the Aaron Boone episode. So this is the Aaron Boone episode. Yeah. So for the first time on the, in the history of Chop Sports Network, Jimmy Palumbo Show, Chris Gucci and I are going to have the same player, and it's out of more bitterness and anger uh, than it is any kind of entertainment. Um, Aaron Boone looks like a lost soul. I'm starting to think, I don't know why he's the manager anyway. If he didn't hit the home run against the Red Sox, I don't think he would have been hired. Um, I know he's won a lot of games, but with that roster, you or I could have been the manager. And we would have, like, if he's I was managing the Yankees, it's, it's I don't analytics. Know They're not actually, he has no feel for what he's doing out there. Yeah, I agree. And that's pretty much all across baseball. There's only a few guys that actually play the GM run yeah, the show it's, now. It's essentially an analytics thing now. But also I, I don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. They just look um maybe it's because the cameras are closing up on different people. It seems to me that I could be wrong on this. Judge and Voigt seem pissed. Uh, their facial expression. Everybody else kinda has this blank stare of yeah, like but what was Voigt doing the other day where he just gave up uh, I, I on the on the, the throw to first base. I, he he I know what that what annoys me about Voigt I don't dislike him, but why don't we have a good like we have bad defensive catchers? We have now we have bad defensive first basemen. Like wh- what's going on here? I mean, you, you got even on a, the one uh, uh, bunt, uh, not a bunt, like a dribbler down the line um, that the uh, pitcher threw down. He like had to go down to one knee, but the throw was right there. He should have just caught. The guy was out by three steps, but he made it look like he, like he, like a tight end in football catching a ball over the middle. Looked like me in left center. He did. He looked like you playing for <laughs> Chop Sports Network. More on that later. Um, but yeah, just Aaron Boone. You know what? I'm sorry. There comes time in life, even if, if you're the manager at Home Depot and sales are bad and people aren't showing up, you have to fire sales manager, got to fire the cashier, just because. You can't fire a player because it, they're under contract. Under contract. And they just, there's nothing you could do about and, that, but someone's got to go. And first of all, don't you think the pitching coach should be let go? Because uh, what happened with they, Chapman. At, at this point, they should all be let go. Right. And, and then how about the first and third base coach? I know they've been there for a few years, but they're the worst base running team, so... I, if I was the owner, I would over the next three weeks systematically fire everyone until Boone has no staff left, and then just like let say Boone, you know, I, you know, I don't know. No, Boone. Unless go they first. show some kind of spine in the next uh, next seven games, I know. Um, uh, I know Dave Sturchio just walked in and he's <laughs> he heard us in the other room. The spot they have to 
the only way this team goes anywhere going forward for the 2021 New York Yankees is if they fire Aaron Boone right now and send the message to the rest of the players. If any of those players, for whatever reason, are on his side and then they fire him, he's gonna. they're all going to look at each other and say, oh, wow, okay, he's gone now. We did this. That's well, the, our the, fault. The, the yes, players, I that's agree. What I'm, that's he's where players I'm at. manager. There's no accountability. If, I, I if totally agree. Luke Voigt's giving up on a throw to first base. He's showing up everybody on the team. He's showing up baseball, essentially. And I, I'm 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 about to say something radical as a Yankee fan. I used to love the no beard thing on the Yankees. I thought that was cool. Oh my god, I'm not. I've uh, never uh, been on board with. That. I've always been. Well, I've always been on board with it because in the beginning there was only a couple of guys. You know, I would say the beginning twenty years ago there was like one guy, two guys per team had the beard. Now, Yankees play a game. Everybody looks like they wake up in the hotel room. The reason why they have the beards is not because. That's what their wife wants. It's because they're on the road. Shaving's a pain in the ass, and they they just want to have. It's, it's a just feel easier. Game. Don't you like to feel good when you're playing? Uh, it's a feel I, game. I really 100%, think I've thought this for my entire life. I'm also not really a big fan of people getting on people that wear names on their back of their jerseys. That's another story. But I, I don't like the name. I don't I, mind it if it's a if a girl's wearing a, a jersey with a name on the back at no, Yankee no, Stadium. No. It's fine. No, stop. But anyway. No, no. See, no. You opened up another can of worms. All right. right well, let's go back to the beards because and the tattoos. Okay. Right. That should be allowed. It's it's 2021 okay. at this point. I I was a You've big. Got a lot of I was guys a, that don't want to come to New York because of it. I was a big no on that, but I have actually changed my mind. I want to see some beards because for some reason, whenever a guy with a beard gets up against the Yankees, it looks like he's going to get a base hit. We have people that look like they're they're an accountant in Matawan, New Jersey, off Route Thirty Four, in the same building we're in, and they stink. Some of these dudes aren't they got they got a beard face, you know? They they shouldn't be showing like, their chin and their top. Even lip Cole, off. Cole doesn't have a beard, and he looks terrible. He's another guy, you know, with the sticky stuff. It really looks. I mean, looks bad. You could present the argument in court that Chapman, Cole, um, I guess those are the two poster boys, but it was just. Um, it just, it just awful. The other thing I want to get involved with before I start talking was, about what uh, I did this week. Frazier's nose ring? Is that, is that okay? That's enough. You would just tell me about that. See, I can't have that. That should be bad. That's where we draw the line. Yeah, no nose rings. Um, but while watching, I was down in Seagirt, um this weekend at my brother's gorgeous shore house and hanging out in the, by the cabana watching the game with my nephews. We think there should be different stats. First of all, there's too many stats they put on the board when you're watching a game, that you don't know how good they are because you don't know what is good. It's like your OPS and OBS, you don't know who to compare it to. So to me, it's a meaningless stat. Everybody seems to know batting average, ERA, and maybe... Um, Do you know what OPS stands for? I don't for? even know what it means. On base plus slugging. Yeah, so but that, that to me means unnecessary plus stupid stat. Um, but we think, I came up with a couple of stats here. First one is uh, SP. What's your SP? And SP stands for shitty play. So you're watching the game, and a guy doesn't play. It's not maybe not an error, but it's like, what's, what's your first reaction? That was a shitty play. And that goes for these stats. The reason why it's good, the uniformity, they go across all sports. So therefore, on the end of every baseball card, hockey card, football card, they, what's your SP? Like, how many shitty plays did you make? The other one is for pitchers, an LO. It's a lousy outing. Like, you know what I mean? Some guys go six innings, they give up four runs, and you're like, you know what, though? There was runners on base the whole time. You didn't strike. That's a lousy outing. I think they should have that. They got the opposite of the quality start. Exactly right. Exactly right. The complete opposite. The other one is LAB, okay? A lazy at-bat. 
And they usually come when you're down 6 nothing. you swing at the first pitch, you foul one off. It's funny because you're saying these things and I'm thinking of what they might be, and my acronyms are so much different. Okay, but but, but, uh, but they're, 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 the feel is the same. Yeah. You just watch a lazy at-bat. Um, the other one is ST, and this can go for quarterbacks and for infielders. ST is a shitty throw from the outfield. How many times the outfielder makes a throw, it's not an error because the catcher comes off the bag, off the plate, catches it. You're like... That ball was yeah. A they, short... they gave the pitcher an error on the Luke Voigt play, right? Which is that's uh, Luke Voigt should be should have got on the phone to the, the guy sitting up in the booth was only making seventy five. Aaron Boone should have came out mid inning and benched him. Yeah, and then uh, then maybe you'll and see looked a change. up at the, with the guy in the and booth like, and said, no no, 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 that's on him. Change that, yeah. right? The other one, um, uh, and this goes for this goes for all sports as well. Uh, a BD, that's if you're a coach. How many a BD means bad defense? So, like, if you're a coach in the NFL and you and how many how long have you been coaching? Fifteen years. How many BDs do you have? How many years would did you have a bad? I could defense? just sit and make these all day. By okay. The, way. the other one is a generic one, which means how did the game go? And the it's just awful. Like, how many awfuls did you have? How many times have I said you? Did you watch the game last night? Awful. That 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 means that the game the Giants. Like, first of all, now I can't equate this to Rutgers because Rutgers has to have their own. Um, subset of these because just about everything I'm mentioning Rutgers in football and, and basketball in the last 25 years has the most of any team in the Big Ten. Lousy outings, bad plays, shitty throws. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Um, what else do I got here? That's it. That's pretty much it for now. I know there's more, and maybe every week we're going to come up with a different stat Lousy based upon stat. What, uh, that makes the fan, you when you tell, if you told us to my mother, she would understand it was not a good play. Yeah, and then maybe, since, they, since well, Michael maybe, K has such a, a dying need to explain baseball to the to the people, like it's their very first time right. ever watching a game, he should and, incorporate that too. And because I'm negative right now, being a Rutgers fan and a Yankees fan, I'm negative. The other thing would be like a GP. It's a great play. How many times have you watched a, a football game or baseball game, and a play happens that's not on, the, and you're like. Oh, you see, that was a great play. That's Geo. He's right, the like, only uh, guy on the Yankees right now that's got some GPs. Right, like Stansky on the softball team. She made like she made eleven GPs, won the game for us, but like nothing in the stat book. But you got to be like, oh, she had eleven. What a great play that was. So they're not all negative, um, for the most part. But that's how I feel on that. Um, so now that we got that out of the way, so yes, this is the Aaron Boone Show. <laughs> Welcome to the bitter Jimmy Palumbo 4th of July weekend is over. I came in on the day after 4th of July so I can drop this podcast tomorrow. Um, I had a great weekend. I was down at my brother's shore house. The weather Saturday was not cooperating, but it, it held serve. Um, it was like, uh, you know, Martina Navratilova. Uh, by the way, I saw her on the Wimbledon coverage. I didn't realize how old she got. <laughs> but I realized she played tennis 35 years ago. Of course she's old because she's just old. So am I. Um, we were watching a little tennis in between trying to watch the different, different awful games. But we had a good time down in Seagirt at my brother's house, Frankie and Susie. I got to see all my nephews. They were all in town with their uh, various girlfriends. Um, so that was cool. My nephew Eric and Bob and... And if you, Tommy and Eric brought in Maggie, who we, he uh, lives with down in Austin, Texas. And um, my uh, other nephew, Jimbo, or Jimmy, named after me, um, he brought uh, Amara up. I always butcher the name, up from uh, in the city. And they came up. So it was a lot of fun. My mother was there. She was happy to have all her grandchildren there. So that was a good time. Um, so the bottom line is this. I... Um, 
we need to talk about uh, a possibility of we need to play the games, uh, Chop Sports Network softball team. We got rained out, which is a good thing for me. It might rain again Thursday, though. And it can't because the following Thursday, Johnny Trino is unavailable. So even if previous win, commitment, previous commitment, so championship. When we win, Jimmy's already writing I, us off. It's, I feel like this is the I second time to, it's happened. I have to talk over with. Um, um, uh, yes, I, I, you know what? I just I failed to mention that. Also, my nephew John Henry was there, who came. I was going to say that too. Um, I was going to say, oh, John very Henry sorry was up about from that. Nashville. And my sister Mary Eileen and my brother-in-law Steve. Can we actually say what just happened right here. You could give her no. I guess she doesn't know. Nobody knows that the person just pointed that out is here. So well, it's going to uh, be in the description. Uh, maybe not mystery guest, perhaps. Okay, I don't okay, know. okay. Because we're doing something that's never been done in the history of Chop Sports Network, but. Um, so yeah, that was the down. I forgot to mention a few family members, and I forgot about that. But I call him. His name is John Henry, and I call him Big John Mayberry, and I call Jimmy Jimbo, and I call my nephew Eric Eman, and nobody cares about this, but it's funny to me. And Tommy to P and Bobby. I call my nephew Bobby Bobby Johnson. Remember that wide receiver on the Giants? I don't, but I remember it was a him receiver from number a movie, eighty-eight, Bobby uh, Johnson. HBO, um, Deuce. And I, I call him Deuce. OG killer Bobby Johnson. No, it's Bobby Johnson with a receiver on the, you know, and I tried to get his autograph. So I got, I got Bobby Johnson, who's like a, a below average receiver on the Giants. He signed a thing that said to Bobby Johnson from Bobby Johnson. So I gave it to him. He probably threw it out. My nephew didn't care because he likes the Dolphins. My nephews are part of this generation where you don't root for any of the teams you grew up with, which is, I don't mind being a Cowboy fan if you're from New Jersey. I only root for the Yankees local. I don't typically you're, like you any. You're a Packer fan. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't like any other. He's local a cowboy. Team. The Cowboys are the only acceptable team you're allowed to root for oh, if you're from New Jersey. Why is that? Because then everybody mocks you anyway, and they rip on you. But why? How could you be a Dolphin fan? No, that I don't get. Dolphins haven't made. You know, they stink anyway. And my other nephew's a Chief fan. Before they eat this whole Mahomes thing. Anyway, I digress into aggravation. Um, but the summer this weekend was great. But let's get back to uh, yeah. So chop sports. Um, we might have a problem. Uh, previous commitment. Um, I got to talk to my agents and stuff like that. But uh, we'll see if I can work something out. There's always a way. There's always a way, bro. If we make the championship, I'm pretty sure Johnny Trino will be there. But yeah, Honestly, uh, if we make the championship, it might potentially be against a team that we have a win against. I think we beat one of the other top three seeds. Yeah, this I, is the, the one seed that we're playing. So this is the game. This okay, is the one that we... Listen, I'm guessing that... Um, I just don't think Stansky's going to have as many GPs as she did two weeks ago. Stansky's not there? She's not. She's not available. This week? This week. Oh, well, why are we discussing the championship game? (laughs) You just, okay, Dave Sturcho, who's off mic, but but loud enough for me to hear, just said that who I think is our best player, uh, in the algorithm of best player, she's the best player, even though poor Bobby is like five for five every game with pitches. He's, he's batting 900. He's got 12 home runs in 12 games. Uh, MVP voting, it's not even close. Stansky gets it. Um, and she's not going to be there. Who's going to play first? Not me. Dave Sturcho's going to replace Stansky at first. Uh, this, the, the pressure on you. First of all, this is. I'm so sorry to my fans. This is really a separate podcast. Now we've entered a subset of podcasting. Dave Sturcio, one of the owners of Chop Sports Network, maybe, is going to maybe, replace. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe replace Dance. You know what? He's rethinking I, it already. I, He's I, like, I, don't, I don't know. Because you know what? If you said to me, Jimmy, you want to play first? I'd be like, ah, you know, what I, mean? I think I'm better off in the outfield. Because if you make one bad play, 
it's over the, the comparison. But we'll be we'll be ready to go. I, I'm getting kind of tired. I, I don't like co-ed softball all the time, but um, I think I think our team's pretty better than we still stink, but we're better than. This is the first time I've actually heard Jimmy give yes. the team credit I, one I think, time. This yes, whole season. because the main reason I think the other teams stink worse, so we might be a better stink. I just think teams. that you're used to a, a way better league. In Woodbridge. Yes. That, is, that could the, be true. The league has taken a fall, that major could, fall. It has. It has. So we uh, later on in the show, you're going to hear a very, very special guest. By far, by far, the best guest I ever had. Um, uh, and it's very, very it's near and dear to me. And that's going to come up. But before we get to that, it's time to discuss uh, Jimmy's bookings. And you know what happens when we discuss Jimmy's bookings? That's right. That is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Now, before I go into detail about Absolute Eyewear, I must give a, a, a shout-out to Craig and Johnine Michaud, who own Absolute Eyewear. Um, they lost a uh, their, their dear uncle, uh, passed away this weekend, um, Tony Del Conte. And it turns out Tony Del Conte was good friends with my brother and good friends with the Ruane family, a director buddy of mine who I always talk about. He's a good guy from Colonia. He passed away suddenly uh, this past weekend, which stinks. So I want to give a shout-out to Tony Del Conte and his mom and his nieces and nephews and stuff like that, Craig and Janine. Um, we felt very bad about that. All we did this weekend was sit around and tell Tony Del Conte stories. R.I.P., my friend. Uh, we had a lot of laughs back in the day. So, But Jimmy's bookings are sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Craig and Johnine Michaud, who I just mentioned, they're the owners, they're a brother and sister, they're licensed opticians. Craig's my right center fielder on my softball team, you all know that. Um, they have everything over there, prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses, uh, non-prescription sunglasses, safety glasses, sports glasses, motorcycle glasses. They got glasses for the kids getting involved here from the Omni. They also have um, discounts for seniors, uh, AAA, AARP, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. One of the key things is, though, you get $100 off a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses. When you mention this podcast, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, key phrase, complete pair, frames and lenses. Um, and I also recommend that you bring a little photo of me and stick it on the uh, the front door, which is a lot of fit, a lot of pictures of me around the front door, which is irritating Craig, but I love that. There's 16 years in the business, open five days a week. They're closed Wednesdays and Sundays. Why are they closed Wednesdays? Because that's softball day. And uh, they're good people. You'll love them. And they have all kinds of different sunglasses. Your attention, please. Sunglasses available at Absolute Eyewear. Ray-Ban coach Ralph Loren. Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. I had to do a nice little Bob Shepard for the gang over there. So go check out Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937 or 732-326-EYES. But I'm too old. I screw up when I try to dial my eyes, so I'd rather just dial 3937. Okay, it's time for Jimmy's booking. That's right. And we've been going kind of in chronological order. And this booking, I think I've mentioned this booking before on the podcast, but I didn't give it the full attention because it to me has like a, it's it's always one of those things that you can't take away. It's like your first at bat, your first home run, 
First time you ever, uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, this booking took place in 1995. It was my first, uh, first television booking. And it was a big show. It shot in New York City. It's called Spin City with Michael J. Fox. Now, the unique thing about this is that, first of all, it was cast by Bonnie Finnegan, who's a legendary casting director, who brings me in a shameless plug. Bonnie, please continue to bring me in to audition. She still auditions big shows. But here's the crazy thing. Two weeks before, um, I was on a date with this girl. We were going through the Holland Tunnel. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but i got to tie it all into Spin City. So when I pulled up to this, this is before Easy Pass, the, uh, the guy inside had a hat that said Holland Tunnel on it, right? And I was like, that's such a cool hat. I don't know. It was like clean and new. It was like blue hat with white lettering. Nothing like the 706 hat you're wearing. No, it's very similar to the 706. It was nice because that we're going to get to the website very soon. But so... I'm with this girl going into the city, and I was like, check out that cool hat. And I was like, I'm going to give the guy, see if I can give the guy 20 bucks to give me the hat. And she's like, no way, no way. Why would you do that? I'm like, I'm like, I want the hat. So I took out a $20 bill, and I said, hey, dude, can I have your hat? He grabbed that $20 out of my hand. Like, like, is it, it was like the exchange was seamless. He throws the hat into the car, and I'm, she's like, don't you want to clean it out? Oh, yeah, I'll clean it out later. So I threw it in the back. I wanted to spray it with Lysol or something. Who knows if the guy has Lysol or whatever. So I looked. I remember going, that's such a cool hat. Of course, the date went horrible, and I was home by 1030. So I had a big audition a week later, and the guy was supposed to be this um, – it was like a, two different roles. One of them was a bartender. One of them was this other thing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wear this Holland Tunnel hat. Because it's one of those hats where um, you you look at it and say, like, what is that? Like, why are you wearing a Holland Tunnel hat? So I went to the audition with the hat. I do well in front of Bonnie Finnegan. And then uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like, you know, what? I think I'm going to get a call back. I, mean, I smell it. I get a call back. But the assistant leaves a message that says... Hey, Jimmy, come to call, but you got to bring the hat. Bonnie wants you to bring the hat. I'm like, the hat actually, I think the hat itself got me the callback. So I go in, I wear the hat, I do the first thing, and then she makes me take it off. I read for the other guy. Uh, and then we, I, I had explained the story, the Holland Tunnel, what, you know, $20 exchange. They were loving it. The producers, director got a kick out of it. So uh, I ended up booking it, got the call as a booking. Now you got to remember, I was doing live on tape with some NBC, uh, we, we weren't recording yet. With NBC, we were only just doing live shows. So I was comfortable being on a set, but not like a full TV set with the three cameras. It was a sitcom with Michael J. Fox. I mean, this thing was it was a big, big show at the time. So when I get to the set, I didn't know what to do. Like, I thought, I, you know, you always act like you've been in the end zone, okay? I'm good at that. I've always been good at that. But I didn't really know where the field was. <laughs> like, I didn't know. So they said to me, oh, Jimmy, you're shooting your scene over there, and they had a fake bar. So I got there at like 7 a.m., and I just walked over to the bar, and I stood there because I knew I was playing the bartender. And so like an hour goes by, they were working on other things, and finally someone comes up to me, Jimmy, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh. I said, well, they're shooting my scene at the bar. They're like, yeah, but you have your own room <laughs> with like, you know, your own space. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even know how. And I went like, like a buffet. But I tried to play it off like, no, I'm okay. Like, no, I was, I'm good right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm good right like here. But the, no. I'm, getting in, I'm getting ready for my role. It, it, <laughs> but the person clearly knew, oh, this guy sucks. So I finally got my own room and I uh, went back. They put me in the bartending outfit. And I didn't realize um, 
I had one, two lines, but I had to do a visual thing holding up four fingers, which was a joke on how many drinks uh, Richard Kind, the actor who you guys know if you saw his face, and a Michael J. Fox comes up to me, blah, blah, blah. So I had like it was a physicality thing I had to do with Michael J. Fox and him looking at my fingers and stuff. It's actually a funny little scene. But I didn't, really, I, I didn't know about how many takes they do, rehearsal takes. I'd never done it, so... But I couldn't tell. You can't tell them. So it was like your father with the light bulb story. He's like, exactly. Oh my God, I was like, how many takes are we gonna do I here? The, but I also didn't know. So I came out of the box the first rehearsal, like as if I didn't know where the cameras were. There was no cameras even set up, but I didn't care. I was talking right to Michael J. Fox, who was a huge star at the time, still is. And um, so I do the scene, like, and all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, Jimmy, you can take a break." I'm like, "Did we get it?" And the guy's like. Now we got to bring the cameras in. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right away, I'm like, my stock is dropping tremendously. Then they load in a studio audience. Now the place, now I realize, oh, that was just like batting practice. Like, this is, now I'm in the great arena. There's an audience there. There had to be another hundred people uh, roaming around. The cameras getting set up. Then we did camera rehearsals. And uh, thank God, I, I actually thought I nailed it each time, whatever I had to do. Except I had to put my hands in a certain spot so the camera would pick it up. And so we, we did the take. And, of course, Michael J. Fox screwed up a bunch of times. So did Richard Kind, But they were allowed to. The bartender with his two lines. Not, it's like a, hold, a holder can't fumble the snap. When you do, you get cut. That's how it works. So I, I, I did my job, blah, blah, blah. But the weird thing was when we actually um, – once we were done, I we, we then started the show, and they ran an order of the scenes. So I had these little chairs. We sat back with the rest of the cast, and Michael J. Fox came in. I always tell the story. He was real jittery, and I was like, man, is this dude, like, wired or coked up or something? But supposedly he hacks. He had Parkinson's back then and didn't really say anything. Yeah. He was just jittery to me, which I feel bad in my, cause in my head. I'm like... This guy's all coked up. There's no doubt about it. But meanwhile, I didn't know. We found out 10 years later that he had, you know. So he kept on coming. After he did his scenes, he came to like the backstage behind the wall. And all he wanted was a cigarette. So the first time he came, and I was just sitting there watching this whole thing go down. He would come around and he would ask for a cigarette. But he only had about a minute before they had to come back on. So the poor PA had to get the cigarette out, light the cigarette, and he, he got like one toke out of it, and then he went back on. And second time he came around, he, the guy was trying to light it again. So during a break, he looked at the guy. He goes, listen to me. Your job all day is to make sure when I come back here, I want to have I want a cigarette. And that's what I want. So the guy, so he goes, that's all you got to do. And he looked, he looked so he, but everybody looked at him like, what, what, what are you busting this guy's chops for? You're making a million dollars an episode. He's making $7 an hour. When the guy came around, when Michael J. Fox came around next time, the PA had every finger in, in the crease of his finger had a lit cigarette ready to go like this. And he goes in and Michael J. Fox looks, he goes, ah, there you go. Takes the one thing ready to go. But then he looks at all of us. He must have realized I sounded like a jerk 20 minutes ago. He looks, he goes, am I right? I won't ask him to get me coffee, get me anything. All I, this is all he's going to do all day is make sure I have my cigarettes. And throughout the whole day, this kid had like, he must have went through 15 packs of cigarettes to only get him to smoke eight. Because you know, they would burn down. You know, a cigarette does it when you're not toke. And he didn't want to suck out of it. You know, he was trying to do all this. Just holding the lighter yeah, there. Yeah, it was like so bad. But uh, so then, of course, we, we ended up doing the scene. And... Um, uh, and the scene went really well, blah, blah, blah. And he uh, 
he, he was friendly to me, you know, they were nice to me. So was Richard Kind because we had a common friend. But um, I remember it was really exciting when you were on TV, network television for the first time, ABC. I think it was on, a, no, ABC it was. Um, there's nothing cooler telling everybody you're going to be on TV. And this is like before Netflix and Hulu. So there was cable stations, but there was no original programming on cable stations like it is now. So when you were doing a TV show, this was a big deal for me. And I got paid... Man, I still get residual checks. I, they paid me very handsomely because we were there a couple of days. And, um, but I remember my mother and my father, we all like we all watched it. I came up. They were like screaming like, ah, Jimmy's on, Jimmy's on. As soon as it aired, the phone ring. This is before DVRs. The phone ring. He's on, he's on. Did you see him? Yeah, he's going to be on again. No. What year? 1995. So like literally my aunts out in Long Island were watching. I had my friend, every, every, you know, people were like, I'm completely nuts, you know. So, I really, it's still fun to me to this day when I shoot something, when family and friends get to watch, because they really get a kick out of it. As, as I know there's a lot of actors who don't watch what they do, but I'm not a lead in a film or anything like that. I mean, a couple, I've had some big parts, but I actually get a kick out of watching, if I'm on a cool show, like Miss Maisel or Entourage or stuff, stuff I've talked about, I get a kick out of more my mother and my brother getting a kick out of it. Um, and, you know, then you get phone calls like, I missed it, but I taped it. I was like, VHS tapes, and um, I got a huge charge out of it. So that was my first booking, Spin City with Michael J. Fox. Um, and uh, I still get residuals to this day. It's my oldest residual uh, checks that I get. I still get. So, of course, that went towards my pension and health right there, Spin City. So that is it. Spin City. And, of course, after we discussed our Jimmy's bookings, we have to discuss our um, our sponsor, our second sponsor of the show, Warren Brumel, attorney at law. And the good thing about Warren Brumel is, okay, he's an attorney at law, and he is a debt relief, debt relief agency that helps people file for relief under the bankruptcy code. Now, I had to say that last line because that's the legal ease. You have to say that. But Warren's been doing this for like 35 years, okay? And he helps people rebuild their financial lives. Uh, he's located in Keyport, New Jersey, but he handles all of New Jersey. And it's all Zoom now. Everything's Zoomed. He can Zoom you in, blah, blah, blah. And if you mention our show, you get a free, that's right, a free initial consultation here when you mentioned the Jimmy Palumbo show um, and Warren like I said he's been doing this for 35 years and he's he's literally he's, he's processed and filed over 10,000 bankruptcy cases okay uh, great guy and um, uh, he is now a advertiser on our show but he also does the good thing his firm they now they only handle bankruptcies okay he's not a jack-of-all-trades lawyer he'll be doing a divorce one minute and next minute he's doing a personal personal injury case although I could have used every one of these then. All, all these jack-of-all-trades I could have used. Um, funny thing is, I probably will end up using Warren uh, bankruptcy, um, maybe Chris and Dave. <laughs> Everybody's gonna, Eventually, everyone needs Warren when you file for bankruptcy. Um, but he makes the process simple and affordable. He's got payment plans. Uh, the number is 732-264-3400, or more importantly, www keyportlaw.com you go on that website they got everything there stuff to fill out stuff to inquire and all that kind of stuff now listen um the the bottom line is bankruptcy will stop foreclosures repossessions wage garnishments bank levies all that kind of stuff and uh 
That's what that's what Warren does. He gives you advice on all of that. You can go check out his five-star reviews on Google, or better yet, you can go to avvo.com, the lawyer review site. I'm sure there's some really funny ones on there, because sometimes lawyers, uh, they take a beating, and I'm sure on that review site. But he's got tons of five-star reviews. Um, I only wrote 12 of them. No, that's not true. He's got tons of good five-star reviews on there. And uh, like I said, uh, Warren Brumel. Uh, keyportlaw.com. That's where you want to go for all your bankruptcy needs. That's all he does. That's what he does. All right. Now, I have a very, very uh, mystery special guest today. And I know that in the history of Chop, in the Chop Sports Network, which is about six months in right now, um, we um, I have a very special guest, and she's near and dear to my heart. And I have on the air, on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, for the first time, Natalie Joan Palumbo, my daughter. Hey, Nat, how you doing? Good. All right. And Natalie brought her friend along, Danella Feldman. Hi. How you doing, Big? Now, I call Danella Big D. She's Big D because <laughs> she's kind of shorter and she's just Big D. She's in the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so now I have my daughter on here. Now, I, I know this is odd. You're listening to a podcast. Why would you have your daughter on? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, we were on the way back home from the shore driving past the Beautiful downtown Madawan here, and I decided it would be fun to have, an, see if I can interview my daughter, if I have to learn skills. And, uh, of course, Gooch and Sturge agreed to it, um, barely, and uh, so we'll see. So, first thing I want to ask you, Natalie, how old are you? I'm 12. 12 years old. All right, and you are currently, and uh, Danella, how old are you? I'm 10. 10, big D's 10, so you're two years apart. And um, let me see, Nat, what grade are you going into? I'm going into seventh grade. And how about you, Danella? I'm going into sixth grade. All right. A year apart school-wise. Well, that's cool. Now, I know that both of you are dancers, and you're on the competition dance team at the King Center, which is in King Center for the Performing Arts in uh, Wanakue and Ma- in Mawa. So let me ask you, I'll talk to Natalie first. Um, by the way, I love the fact that my daughter's wearing a friend shirt. Um, <laughs> so now I, I think I'm going to have her wear a shirt for every booking I've ever done, which means <laughs> I have to buy 110 shirts. And you will have a Chop Sports Network uh, shirt okay. uh, sometime soon. Um, so let me ask you something, Nat. Yeah. Um, uh, you're a dancer. Now, what is your What is your favorite kind of dance to do? Um, I kind of like them all equally, but probably... Tap. Ah, that's Daddy's favorite. Jazz and contemporary. So tap, jazz, and contemporary. How about you, Danella? I like lyrical. Okay, now what what does lyrical mean to the to the layman here? It means uh, you dance with lyrics or something, or what does that mean? Um, it means like this song is more like not more like. There's words in the song. Um. Yes. Yeah. Like, but it's more has a meaning. Uh, it's kind of like. You know what's great about this? You're dancing to something you love, and you don't really know what it is. I'm the same way with podcasts and Instagram. I I do pod, I do a podcast, the Jimmy Plumbo Show, and I don't understand anything about it. Thank God for Sturge and Gucci here to tell me what I'm doing wrong and right. Um, so let's see. Now, how, are you guys in any dances together? Yes. Yes. So lyrical is a dance style that embodies various aspects of ballet jazz. So it's a combination of all. It's a combination of ballet, jazz, acrobatics. And, and acrobatic. Okay, that's good because you're always flying all over the stage. <laughs> um, so now uh, are you, you're, in, you're both on the competition team, and I do believe in a couple of weeks you're going to be in a big nationals at, in Atlantic City. 
Yep. Yes. That's so great for me that it's in Atlantic yeah. City. <laughs> best place ever. Um, no, not best place. Well, I don't know why I said that, but it's good for me to be at a dance thing. Best place to have a dance competition. Yes, it is the best place to have a dance competition. So let me ask you this, Nat. Uh, now, you know your dad's an actor. First of all, I, should, I hate calling her Nat. My mother hates that. But I'll say, let me ask you, Natalie. <laughs> of all the bookings dad has done, what's your favorite one? Um, well, I'm not really allowed to watch some of them. <laughs> That's true. You know what? You're not ready for Beer League yet. No, you're not. But um, I like Friends and the Family. Friends and the Family. All right. Now, I'm <laughs> kind of letting my daughter watch some of the episodes of Friends. Uh, we're not up to my episode yet. I think I was in season four. She's... But even even Friends is pushing the envelope, but uh, I'm letting you watch it because all your friends have watched it. And um, <laughs> I just let her watch The Family for the first time. And what's your, what's your saddest part about the movie The Family? Oh, yeah, um, that you die. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, when I die in the movie, not only do I get shot, I get shot with about 100,000 bullets. Very similar to James Caan and The Godfather at the Causeway. Um, now, of course, Danella hasn't seen it, but Danella, I mean, you don't want me to die in film, right? <laughs> no. Okay. Now, keep in <laughs> mind that first time that was in the movie theater, I invited a bunch of people to the movie theater to watch it, and I didn't tell anybody that I die in the movie. So when the scene came up, you literally heard gasps from friends and family being like, he dies, he dies. I'm thinking, what if someone in the theater heard that who didn't know that the guy in the movie was... In the theater, like, why do they care? Because the average person doesn't care that I got shot. But um, Natalie did not like that. But I did show her all the pictures of me with blood all over my face. <laughs> so, so now when there's a scary a trailer on about these, like, uh, bloody movies, you know, Saw 4, Saw 3, whatever it is, I she gets scared for a second by saying, Nat, it's, it's just fake. You saw Daddy with the fake blood. Um, so now let's discuss... Um, you guys were down the shore at your uncle's house. Uh, you know what's so funny? Even my daughter's on the phone while we're doing podcast. My mom's yeah, texting so, me. Says, I, are you, are you, I don't know if you're Dave Sturchio's kid or my child at this point. She's glued to the phone. She's texting me, Mom. Uh, so mom's texting you while we're doing that? Uh, yes, okay, I'm, I'm trying to work here. And uh, is, Danelle, is your mother texting you? No. Okay, see that? All right. I'm trying to tell her if you could just stop for a second after we talk. <laughs> see this? I, I, not only do you guys take over my podcast. Now I got my daughter and her friend taking over my podcast. <laughs> so, Danella, let me ask you: What's your favorite uh, like TV show or movie? What do you watch? Netflix? You watch shows on Netflix? Yeah, I do watch some shows on Netflix. Okay, now let me ask you this then: If you're not really sure, what's your favorite app on your phone? Probably does, some type of like. Does it, like be, does it begin with a T? <laughs> yeah, maybe TikTok, uh, maybe Snapchat, Snapchat, and TikTok. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I over the weekend when you weren't in the pool because you weren't allowed, I forbid you to bring your phone into the pool. Because if I didn't say that, you would have had the phone underneath the pool, and you would ruin the phone. But you guys were watching TikTok. So now, what is your favorite app on the um, on the old iPhone? There, um, probably TikTok, but. I kind of like text more and more because there's funnier things okay, on there. She likes to do all that stuff. But let me ask you, <laughs> something funny happened this weekend. I went to a barbecue. I brought these two clowns with me <laughs> because Johnny DeLeo from the movie The Family, who lives 10 minutes away from our gorgeous studios here in downtown Matawan, Route 34, 
on the section of Route 34 that is the most depressing. There must be like suicide watch preventions going on on this stretch. Like, if I were going to kill myself, I would do it somewhere on this stretch of Route 34. Um, <laughs> I feel bad. That, I don't know, I'm getting yelled at by my daughter. In a movie, in a movie. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to shoot a horror film on this stretch. If Chop Sports gets really big and we go into movie production, someone's going to say, where are your studios? Oh, we do horror films right on, the, right on Route 34 right here. That's all. Um, I took him to a barbecue. Johnny DeLeo, the kid, the kid from the family, a talented kid. And we go in there. And, of course, I was the only other actor from the movie that was there. And their sweet family. So this guy walks in, Italian guy walks in with his Italian sister. What does my daughter do? <laughs> she's like, Daddy, Daddy, that girl, she's a TikTok star. She, and I'm like, Nat, because she was like 20 feet away. I'm like, Nat, I don't think so. They're just people from an hour in here having a barbecue. She's like, no, Dad, no, Dad. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now that she's a TikTok star. So I let it go. She's trying to show me the TikTok, and I can't see on the screen. It looks like her. Is it her? And, of course, Danella has no idea what Natalie was talking about. <laughs> so I decided to walk up to Johnny Delano and, and say, Johnny, listen, uh, my daughter's being a pain in the ass about uh, a guest at your barbecue. Is is that woman there a TikTok star? And without hesitation, she goes, oh, yeah, that's Elena Christine. And now I hear Natalie, I told you, Dad. Like, really loud. So I had to walk up to Elena. And I said, I said, uh, Elena, I thought for a second, maybe I was the biggest star at this backyard barbecue in Manalapan, New Jersey. <laughs> Turns out you are by far the biggest star here. Her name is Elena Christine. She does funny videos on TikTok. And um, you may see Elena on the show next week if uh, Chris Stefano blows us off again. Um, you may see him. You know what? We're going to do a whole theme about getting blown off by Chris Stefano just to bust his chops. But we may have Elena Christina. It's Elena Christina? Yeah. Elena or Elaine? Elena. Elena, Elena Christina. <laughs> she does all kinds of Italian characters. They're funny as hell. We're going to have her on maybe next week if she'd like. And she may even be part of the Chop Sports Network. Like maybe my, my, my daughter will have her own podcast and probably have more downloads because these kids on their phones. But it was so funny to have my daughter tell me something that I didn't know. <laughs> so she was thrilled to death. She got back to my brother's house, which is a gorgeous house. And all she was like... Oh my God, I met a star, I met a star. And they thought it was going to be like De Niro or Tommy Lee Jones, but it was <laughs> Elena Christina. So that was our little fun thing there. So now, explain to me, are you excited about going to the Nationals? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're, you guys, now you're, you're going to have, it's in two weeks, and you're going to have intense rehearsals the next two weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, is it true you told me one day this week you got to get there at 10 a.m., and what time are you at a rehearsal? Well, we're going to like a party afterwards, but... I'll leave home at 10 and come back home at 10. So they're going to be in love with dance for 12 hours. She's 12. Okay. Now, to me, I would have no problem if that was a triple header in softball. I'd be like, no, my kid's got to play. But when it's dance, you're like 12 hours. Um, so, yeah, so I'll probably not drop you off at 10 a.m., but maybe, uh, maybe we'll have mom do that. No, I'll pick you up. I think I might have to go. Don't I have to go to the pizza party, or is it just for you guys? I think it's, it's just, just for us. us. Now, let me ask you this. Some of the people at Chop Sports Network don't realize that at one of the competitions, they brought up five dads onto the stage <laughs> for, a no. dan- for a dance-off. Now, um, I was by far the oldest dad father up there because I had Natalie a little later in life, so they were younger. There were some young bucks up there. And uh, I saw the look on my, my daughter's face in the audience was one of terror and horror. What is my boob dad going to do? <laughs> The first father went up, 
and he did break dancing. <laughs> and he almost like split his chin open. He, you know, he probably hadn't done it in a while, and he thought he could still do it. And I said, well, I can't win this. So I got to dance like I'm at DJ's in 1988. That's how I did it. And, of course, because there were so many kids from the, um, the King Center there, it, it really wasn't close. I dominated the floor. The place went nuts. <laughs> I saw Natalie cheering. I won the, I won the best dancer. They get. For that, I got a T-shirt. <laughs> but when I got off stage, I went over to my daughter and gave her a hug. And she, she Please my, don't ever yeah. do that again. <laughs> she, said, she said, like, when she had, like, a, she became, like, Sybil, a deep voice. Like, That's like, not she true. Like, she was like, Please don't ever do that again. I was like, okay. That I is don't. not true. Yeah, so you did not want me to do it again. Well, yeah, mm. that's true. But <laughs> Did you think I danced good? Yeah. And what about you, Danella? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> See that? See that? Well, you were you were a little younger. You don't quite yeah. remember. You were like eight. You're only eight seven. years old. I assure you, I dominated the floor. So, <laughs> so what do you guys like most about the King Center and dancing? Um, I, I just, I love dancing, but I also love like hanging out with the teachers and all my friends. Okay, it's a social aspect of it. Yeah, same, pretty much same thing as her. I like the people there, and I like I like to dance. There you go. You like to dance. You like the people. That's like why I like to play softball. Uh, <laughs> except I don't really like the people on my softball team. <laughs> I I play because I'm a prof- I'm a professional softball player at this point. Um, when, I, when when I don't have the gout, I'm allowed to play softball. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you this: Now, you guys are at the classic age. You've been through a pandemic the last year and a half. So let me ask you, Natalie, what what was it like uh, going to school with the pandemic? Um, well, I didn't go to school. <laughs> like, did, I didn't go did, into. You did virtual, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like at one point it was a little bit easier, but then it was like, no, it's not. Right. So I used to see hard. you on the computer, and, I, and when, as the subjects got harder, it, they struggled a little bit. What about you, Big D? <laughs> um, so, like, Virtual, it, it did get annoying sometimes, sometimes because like the Wi-Fi, it, sometimes oh. it shut down and then like the teachers blame you for not doing your work, but it wasn't your fault. I okay. agree. You know what's great, Danella? Your voice, you sound like you're 51 years old and you've been, <laughs> drinking, you've been smoking, uh, drinking scotch and smoking oh cigarettes God. at a bar in in, uh, in like Carteret. I love your voice. You have such a cute voice. I love it. And I've told that to your mother, so it's not good. She's going to listen. I'm going to get yelled at, I'm sure. But um, you have a great voice. You have like a raspy voice. It's great. Um, so are you looking forward to going back into the buildings on in the, in the fall? Um, seeing your friends? Yeah, I am. There you go. And you do any activities besides dance? Do you play sports? No. You're no. just a dancer. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's fair enough. What about you, Nat? You looking forward to going back mm-hmm. to the school in the fall? I'm a little nervous because I haven't been there in like, it's going to be like two years. Yeah, but, fair enough. Um, it's fair enough. It's a, you're, you're, in the, you're in the middle school where every kid's obnoxious, except for my <laughs> daughter. She's still, she's still, she's still like the two-year-old that Dave Sturgeo has. Uh, she was there for a half a year, really, pretty much. <laughs> oh, no, she missed, she went for a little bit. But you missed uh, the other well, the middle schools, and it's different than we grew up. But she'll be going into seventh grade. That's very exciting. Well, listen, <laughs> I thank you guys very much for coming on. Do you have anything else to say? Do you enjoy being on the podcast? Yes. yes. And I, also, John Henry, if you're listening, I'm sorry that my dad forgot you. <laughs> see that? See that? What about you? <laughs> now, Danella, let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> wh- where are you from, Danella? Kennelon, New Jersey. Okay. And uh, you got a mother and father. And what about you? you have any siblings? 
Yes, I have a brother. Okay, now what's this? I heard you like kind of bashing your brother in the corner. <laughs> How old's your brother? He's 13. So he's 13 years old, and he's like obnoxious 13-year-old kid? Yes. I think he's the sweetest <laughs> kid ever. I met him a bunch of times. And what does he do? He doesn't dance. What does he do? He swims. He's a big-time swimmer. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like big-time, getting up at mm-hmm. like 5 a.m. to swim. The kid may be like a high school swimmer. But you're the younger sister, so you guys butt heads a lot. <laughs> yes. But I guarantee you a funny thing's going to happen when your brother's 19 and you're 16 or when your brother's 21 and you're 18. Um, that will all change because your brother's friends are going to want to meet your friends and <laughs> your friends are going to want to meet all your brother's friends. Um, and Natalie will still be 12 years old, though, because uh, <laughs> I decided because my daughter got too old. Um, I, there's a new parenting thing where if you don't feed your daughter, and put her in shrink wrap with the vacuum, they shrink down. So my daughter's actually, like, next year she'll be going into fifth grade. So I'm hoping in, like, four or five years she'll be, uh, like, four. That's the plan right there. We don't feed our kids. We want to keep them young because I love having little puppies around. But uh, so now what are you looking forward to for the rest of the summer? Um, Of course, nationals. We have, like, a lot of dance camps. Um, Spending time with family and friends. Okay. And dancing again. Yes, and of course, I've been trying to buy my daughter a bicycle. But I don't know if you, those of you scoring at home, there are no bicycles available worldwide. You cannot buy. I've been in seven. I can't get a bike for my kid. I don't understand. And the one bike I could get, the guy wanted $900. I'm like, I'm not buying a $900 bike for my daughter who's 12. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I just want a regular bike. What happened? You just go to the bike. There's a part shortage or something. I don't know. I can't. Now, if I end up buying the bike, if, if I buy a bike in Matawan, I, at this point, I'm going to be on the, uh, what do you call the, the, the what do you call the, uh, the business society in towns? What do they call that? The, the Chamber of Commerce. I think I should be, I think I, should I be on the Chamber of Commerce in Matawan, New Jersey? Um, and my job will be to revitalize the half a mile stretch where our studios are. Um, but yes, we're going to try to get Natalie a bike. Well, listen, guys. I pre- you have anything else to say? Um, no. You had fun doing your first podcast ever? Yes. yes. Right? You get to see how obnoxious your father is or your Mr. Palumbo is. <laughs> so, But I thank you guys for having on. It's the first time I've ever had to interview my daughter. Uh, I think it went pretty well. We had some laughs. We had some fun. And uh, we will be right back. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843 315-5913 315-5913 and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell them Chop Sports sent you. All right, Jimmy Palumbo Show back here. Jimmy Palumbo, your host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. I'm just going to continue to say my name because no one else in the industry seems to be saying my name, so I might as well control that. But, you know, big news besides uh, our softball game getting rained out um, and Stansky making every play two weeks ago. Um, ChopSportsMedia.com is now in the interweb space. We're li- we are live. They are live. Now, there's all kinds of things. Of course, the, the Chop Sports Show is going to be on there all the time. All 10 podcasts on there. 
You want to click on um, any of the podcasts. You can find out everything about the show on there. That's going to be the the Death Star of Chop Sports. It's going to all come from there. You can find out where you want to get stuff, um, where you can air it, how oh, subscribe, whatever. It's, it's, it's all there. Um, and you can learn about uh, there's going to be blogs and stuff like that. But there's also merchandise. Now, Besides being in charge of the internship program uh, and, and sales and marketing program, I am now in char- specifically in charge of merchandising because we came up with this great idea for a shirt for my show. Um, it just says 706 on the shirt, which is the batting average of Johnny Treno in Beer League. And um, the number one seller on ChopSportsMedia.com t-shirt is... The 706 shirt. Now, of course, you you break your ass all day long designing shirts. And you know what shirt sells the best? Just the a most simple, simple number. Four thing. A dot 706. Best seller. Now. And it's not even close. It's, it's um, uh, Sales are through the roof. Now, I must. There is a little disclosure here. My brother bought five. My sister bought four. And my brother bought three. So. We, we don't tally up the non-family member sales yet. We don't quite have that data in yet, but it doesn't matter. And that's Father a, Paul did buy one. And, and Father Paul but bought one. But you helped one. him move, so yeah. that's the least he could I do. Helped, I helped Father Paul move this week. He's at a new parish in uh, in Maywood, New Jersey. I went to his first, by the way, I went to his first Mass, 8 o'clock in the morning in Maywood, New Jersey on Friday. Uh, he was thrilled to have me there. Of course, he was half asleep. He got there five minutes before the mess started, so he's a mess, but he did a great job. But, yeah, so this ChopSportsMedia.com. Now, right now, we only have for my show is the 706 uh, shirt, which comes in a couple different colors, and I really want everybody to order one because I think it's hysterical if you're walking down the boardwalk in the summertime and you're wearing a 706 shirt and someone asks you, what is that? You have to say, well, it's from... Beer League, and that's the batting average of Johnny Trino. Uh, I think that's hysterical. It's a, it's a non sequitur. It makes no sense. And the shirts are nice and comfortable. Um, of course, I made my brother buy one for me, which is so great. I think he spent like $120 on getting six shirts. And he got the discount. And he got you the You got to mention, if you spend $65 or more, you get $10 off all orders. See that? My I'm sister pl- my it. sister lost her mind because she shops at Kohl's five days a week. So when she got the discount, she was more thrilled about the discount than actually getting the shirt. And your mother's going to order one and she's going to turn down the discount. Yeah. She's going to be like, no, I don't want I the know. discount. I want, I'll pay full price for my son shirt. Um my sister will like hold out to buy more when there's more discounts. But we're going to actually have some other shirts coming soon. I think we're going to launch... Uh, getting Involved. We're going to have Getting Involved. That's going to be on the shirt. And we're going to have another one that just says the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And then we're working on something with the Omni. I've got to clear, yeah, the, uh, clear the, it up uh, with the people down in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah getting Involved. So Getting Involved here, because Chop Sports Network is getting involved with merchandising for three. Got it. We're tied at 81. And you're always tied at 81, by the way. It's always 81. Don't ask me why. Because for years, every time someone against the Knicks hit a three-pointer, it was always, next up, 81 81 is in the second quarter now. Uh, So we're going to have a, I think we're going to have just three or four different shirts for the show. Um, I definitely, after 706, it's like the cold, cool thing. We got to have the boring ones for your aunts and uncles, I'd just say, the Jimmy Palumbo sports show. But another major thing, not the sports show, Jimmy Palumbo show, um, another major thing happened, and I watched the whole thing. and I, I have to mention it because getting involved here, uh, this is for the chicken. Marv Albert packed it in. Um, I know he's like 107, but me and my brother watched it, and we were Googling him. He's been doing Nick games since 1963. I mean, it's 2021. And I was like, 
they, I kept on, I went to the horrific, because I, I loathe the NBA pregame shows with Shaq. It's, 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 Wait, you don't like that? I hate it. It's, oh it's unwatchable. It's, it's, but my nephews told me that. I'd rather watch that than the game. Okay, well, my nephews told me it's, it's purposely awful. And Shaquille O'Neal looks stoned and all that stuff. But I waited, and Marv Albert finally signed off. And uh, uh, what's his name? Miller was... Uh, Kind of trying to say he wasn't ready for the moment. Like, how do you dish off? There is no. He's the greatest NBA announcer of all time, only because he's been doing it since like '63. I mean, there was, there was the ABA. Like, it's crazy. And I watched him do his final thing, and he just said, you know, he talked about, you know, blah blah blah, and then he just said, you know, I'm Marv Albert. Yeah, there's nothing special to and it. And then right? they interviewed him and they kid around, but like. Marv Albert, not doing games. I had to has to be I had to mention it. I just had to. Um, by far one of my favorite, one of my favorite announcers. And on the Jimmy Palumbo show in homage, you'll hear me say, "Getting involved here, and this is for the chicken." And the Knicks want to talk it over. I mean, these are all Marv Albert. I do a hybrid Marv Albert Jimmy Palumbo, really. But it's without Marv, I don't. I don't have this. I mean, it's like if Bob Shepard had retired while we were doing this podcast, I would have. We would I would have shut down the studios for at least two weeks on an homage to Bob Shepard. But you know what's getting sad? Marv Albert's gone. Bob Shepard's gone. Um, John Sterling, I love him because he's been doing it since. Like, but he <laughs> he can't he can't. I mean, how much longer? You know, how much longer can he? They said he'll die behind the mic, and you know, I. He but, finally did miss a game this season, though. Right. I mean, it? even like Jim you Gordon's know, gone. All my favorite announcers are gone. Like, am I going to be, like, 20 years from now when Michael K retires? Am I going to be having the same conversation? No, Michael K's got to go now. See ya. Right. I know. See that? I don't mind Michael K. I mind uh, watching the Yankees play right now, but I don't mind them. But, I, again, I digress. I just want everybody to know, you got to go to chopsportsmedia.com. Check out everybody's shows, of which I brought three of them on. You can check out Joe Mattery's show. Um can't believe I just promoted Joe Matteries, but he's going to laugh at that. But check out Joe Matteries, really funny comic, really funny show. And, of course, John Sapinaro now has like 11 shows, a Mets show, a Jets show, which... Um, Both uh, miserable. I didn't even really mention the Mets. Some of my friends hate when I bash the Mets. Um, but, again, I watched all three games, and I will tell you, it was more that the Yankees stink than the Mets did anything. I could be wrong. Maybe it's that light blue in the Met thing, but, listen, the Mets are playing decent ball. But again, they're in that division where they, as a matter of fact, I think uh, they open up against Matawan. The Mets play Matawan tomorrow. Right. Mad- no, a tough week. They the Yankees would be two and a half games out of first two and a half place. Ga- exactly right. So right I know now. the Mets have a tough stretch. They go at Matawan, at I don't know that at for a Bridge, fact, but you get And the they point. have a one and one against Rawway, which is tough. At Rawway. You know. But uh, no, my Mets are, the Mets, listen, the Mets are playing. My Mets, he said, wow. Uh, I, I didn't mean to say that. That was a misspoken there. But um, I'm not editing. Now, I know everybody's either. bashing with the sticky stuff that the Yankee pitchers stink. However, Degrom was uh, his ERA was zero point zero, and since the sticky stuff, he's given up like two runs, which means so the algorithm of Degrom is heading. So he yeah, had he to gave stick- up two runs and he had fourteen strikeouts. It doesn't game. matter. He's struggling with the spin rate. Um, by the way, spin rate, another stat nobody cares about. Throw a strike. But anyway, chopsportsmedia.com. Please order uh, my uh, the 706 shirt, and all the other shows have shirts. Um, I'm promoting them all. I guarantee no one else is going to promote the 706 because I'm the leader now. All we I'm, do is well, talk you about your podcast. If you, no, if, time out. John Sapinaro and Joe Matteries are not going to promote 706 Dave shirts. Dave thinks he's got a hot mic, but he doesn't. 
There you go. You know the problem is, Jimmy. You think that we don't promote your show? No, we talk you about your show more than any <laughs> other show. And you know what we always follow it up with at the end? It doesn't matter because Jimmy doesn't listen to this one, so he won't hear this. Yeah, so I have been listening to your show more and more. Um, so I'm, I'm getting. I listened to John Sapinaro's show. He's uh, met one. Yeah, I have not listened to the Jet one yet because um, I, I don't think I'm not into football yet until until the time is. And um, but I am starting to listen to more and more podcasts myself. I, I re-listen to my shows. And as good as I thought I did six weeks ago, you listen to the show and you know. Do you guys listen to your own shows every day? Well, Every day. You, you re-listen to it. Yeah, on my way home. But do you listen to ones from like a month ago? No. <laughs> I can't. There's you no can't. reason to. They're I all they're all well, like I, time sensitive. So it's like, well, yeah, what would you, I be listening to? It sends me learn. into a deep, a deep, deep tailspin of anxiety and depression. If I listen right. to a show from last month or two months ago, I can't do it. Right. I got to show you a clip from January from me and him before we got the studio. Just because of what we were doing. You know, I was in okay. my man cave. He was in, in his basement. It must be brutal. Oh, it must be great. He was, I I was, he was transparent. You, Pale winter skin. That's great. Gross. I, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of you and I before I leave because I just, the, the Dallas hat. Oh, my God. First of all, first of all, let <laughs> me tell you. Stop with this let, shit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it says Dallas, but is that the is that it's the, the city? It's the okay. skyline. It's is not that, even about the team. But right it now. looks like the Gothel's Bridge. Um, no, it's the the Dallas. It's like a bridge. There's a bridge in Dallas. Yes, and that's it. Bridge. What is, what, there's no rivers in Dallas. There's no. There's, well, no, there's water, no rivers in Dallas. There's no waterways in Texas. There's no water. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we have a running gag. No matter what, well, no, they wear, they wear hats that I think are awful, and because uh, if it's not the regular star hat, I have to. Bu- I'm going online. My gift to I'm going to buy you guys standard Packer and Dallas Cowboy hats that you have to wear when I do my show. Okay, I know you have a star hat at home. You have to. Uh, not as of recent. Here's the thing. as of recent. Here's, like, the, thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to say about the NFL. I can understand your gripe with the Yankee hat because the Yankees actually wear a hat as part of their uniform. Right. But in a football setting. There's no actual football hats. So am I allowed to have a yellow brim with no. a green? No, no, no. It's got to be all green with just, or does it have to be a yellow hat because they wear see, yellow helmets because you, that's disgusting. Did, Nobody's going to wear a yellow hat. Did you see the that hats the Yankees wore yesterday? Not only were they shitting the bed against the Mets, they had that awful oh, yeah, that's, that's on the side. That was, uh, that, that oh, with the NYC? Oh, oh, my God. God. No good. So, yeah, I'm going to, for, for Christmas... Uh, Christmas. Christmas. You are getting a, a, a kind of a gray hat with the blue star. Why don't why don't Christmas we say- is perfect because right around then Green Bay will be clinching the one seed in the NFC. So I'll be looking for a new hat for the playoffs. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna choose what hats are being sold on my, my website page as part of your Chop Sports Media, and I'm gonna put a Dallas Cowboy hat on and I'm gonna get money from that somehow. I was just gonna ask him if maybe we can take the money that we're supposed to give you for everything you've done so far, anyway, I, turn it into Dallas and Packer hats. Yeah, it, we'll fact, call it a wash. I, I we I set up a direct deposit between <laughs> Chop Sports Media and Jimmy Promo. <laughs> and um The bank called and said shut the, it down. The bank called and said, no, uh, Jimmy, no do transactions need, yet. Do you need this account anymore because it's it's costing you eight dollars a month to have the account so there's a minimum balance yes the revenue stream coming in from the 706 shirts is just getting involved here from the omni in atlanta all right this show's gone on too long my name is jimmy palumbo with uh, dave and chris behind the glass i want to thank my daughter natalie and her friend Where Danelle, have you come from? show and that is what that is it. Where have you <laughs>